0: We want it to be done in 45 minutes. Or 45 minutes. But that shouldn't be a problem. Okay. I mean, this is like one page.
1: Have you met yourself?
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Warning: This podcast contains topics and discussion that is not suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised.
1: Welcome to the e Talk Podcast with Michael and Ellie, where we discuss everything ethical non-monogamy and have intimate conversations with real people from the e and lifestyle.
0: On this podcast, we'll talk about current events and topics that people who practice ethical non-monogamy can relate to.
1: Our show is not about lifestyle gossip. In fact, the names have been changed to protect
0: the not-so-innocent. Would you like to be a guest on our show? We want
1: to hear your story.
0: Ready? Yeah. Okay. Okay, here we go. Three, two, one, and go. <laughs> we are going to be doing a fun little um, just you and me kind of an interview or, or uh, podcast <laughs> <laughs> interview. <laughs> we're going to be doing a you and me kind of a podcast tonight. Perfect. Um, I think that I'm going to try, you know, we're juggling all these different things. Right. So many different topics that were or different, different topics with so many different things that we're doing all at the same time and working on all at the same time yes, and trying to make it all work together and fit (laughs) together. I think my goal is, this is my goal, is I want to try and do one topic podcast a month and one interview podcast a month. Okay, So I have, I actually have uh, two or three people that have applied to be on the podcast. I haven't reached out to any of them yet. Sorry guys, it's coming. I'm going to be reaching out to you. You probably already have reached out to you by the time you hear this. Uh, deadline week just makes things crazy, Everything's but crazy. I'm going to try and get one lined up here real soon so Perfect. that we can, um, get some things going. And I've also got, uh, we've got a, one of our, our new writer is interested in being on the podcast also. Cool. So I've got her as well. So that actually makes four. That's so, great.
1: so we've got some planned already. Yeah. Plus we have our live cast at the first of every month.
0: Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a whole different, a whole different thing. But anyway, uh, our, our topic for today, this so in addition to a magazine and a podcast and a live cast and uh, Ellie and Christina's day jobs, <laughs> <laughs> we also uh, organize a group on Facebook. Right. Well, it's the Ethical Non-Monogamy Group on Facebook. If you care to join us, we're publicly um, searchable, so you can find us. Uh, it is a private group, so your membership there is not necessarily um, exposed, right? Um, but uh, people have to be in the group in order to see your membership in the group, and we vet all of our members, like when people try to apply, that kind of a thing. So right.
1: you have to answer the questions, or you don't get in. You have to answer
0: the <laughs> questions, and um, and there's there's a couple of other like profile criteria that we look at also. Um, right. Our ad our, our mods and admins are pretty good at. At uh, figuring out who should be there and who shouldn't be there, right? Um, but anyway, um, it's really the group is really neat because it's a very very managed group, and um, we are we have some pretty strict rules in the group as far as what what you can put can in put there. Put in there, yeah, yeah. Uh, the group is designed to be a discussion group, right? And we we do have a couple of things in there where we have fun with photos and right. that kind of thing, but but it
1: isn't a hookup site, and no. it isn't a a look at me! Look at me! Look at me! Site. It's more about actual discussion about ethical non-monogamy. Right.
0: As a group that has members all over the world, it's kind of useless as a hookup group, anyways, right. because you know that person you might be interested in might not even live in the United States. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> we and we because we do have members in the UK mm-hmm. and in uh, in Australia. Um, trying to think of where else. Far, far away that we have some members. I think we have a couple of them from Africa, um, but yeah, there, were, they're literally everywhere. Right. So, um, so, but anyway, that's the group is part of where the topic for today is coming from. Right. Uh, and the topic is labels. Right. So. Um,
1: because we had a great discussion in there yeah, about labels.
0: Yeah, and I I don't want to out anybody as far as oh, any no. of that is of is not. concerned, but it did it did give me the idea that we could kind of you know put together uh, an episode for the podcast where we actually talk about labels, how they work, why we need them, why they suck, right, and <laughs> um, and why it is that so many people are so resistant to use them,
1: right, and. And how we misuse them,
0: right? And and the actually the what the top the, the post that brought this particular topic up was um, they were asked about the post asked about whether swinging could be defined as poly, and that um, and 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 that is actually a problem that comes up fairly regularly in right. our circles. So sure. we're going to get to that, but let's talk about labels. Okay. So, let's talk about why people reject labels.
1: Because they don't want to be shoved into a box with only X, Y, and Z as their expectation.
0: Right. Labels oftentimes have very, very defined boundaries. They're like... They us rigid lines. Rigid lines, yeah. It puts us into categories, you know, if you... If you say you're a blonde, then you should have blonde hair. If you have strawberry blonde hair, then you really don't fit in the blonde category. Maybe you do, but maybe you don't. Right. You know what I mean. Exactly. So that's uh, that that comes up frequently in uh, E N M about how labels like, like they just don't quite fit right. They're like a really really bad pair of shoes. Right. Like they look really nice, and and they're the kind of the style that you're looking for. But they just don't quite fit. But when you
1: actually wear them, they pinch your toe. Right? Yeah,
0: exactly. (laughs) So uh, that is oftentimes why people reject uh, labels because they they never really seem to fit, and they pigeonhole you into a place where you don't probably don't belong. I mean, even us, we we identify as ENM because swinger doesn't really fit who we are. No, we're not really poly not by the not by a lot of people's definition. Right. <laughs> yeah. And and so just all these different you know labels out there that just don't really fit. ENM is the one that fits the best for us because it gives us all of the options that we love. Right. Like sometimes we like casual, sometimes we like more connected, sometimes, you know, it, it just it's right. just all over the map.
1: Sometimes it's somewhere in the middle.
0: Right. Um I tend to I tend to RA principles tend to resonate with me but um because I'm married and I have hierarchy because I'm married um the RA people tend to reject me as being you know a able to identify as RA I get a lot of criticism for that right RA being relationship anarchy we'll have to do a whole <laughs> podcast on that I need to find an RA expert who can come in and we can talk about it Put that on my list. <laughs> there you go. So b- before we can really get into some of these labels that we're going to talk about, we really should talk about our main label, what ENM is, right, and how it works as far as we are concerned. This is the important thing about labels is what labels mean to me What these terms mean to me might mean something slightly different to you. Right. Might mean something slightly different to the next person. Exactly. And this is another problem where labels don't. They do. They don't work for us. Right. But we need labels as a launching point in our communication. Right. Without these words, without these terms, it makes it really difficult to communicate.
1: Exactly. So you know, in communication is key. Most of the time, when we when we talk about those things, we always ask people right about them.
0: So, like when I just for just for an example, so if I go up in, to someone and I meet someone new mm-hmm. and they say, you know, well, you know, what's your jam? What what what? How do you how does this work for you? Who, how would you identify? You know, I could say I'm a swinger. But then they're automatically going to go to certain conclusions based right. on their own perceptions of what a swinger is,
1: right? What widespread people consider swinging terms.
0: Same thing with polyamory, right? Like all of these labels, they all they put images into a person's head that may or may not be accurate or correct. Right, But we need those as, as launching points, because otherwise, you know... Where do you start? Where do you, you, yeah, right. <laughs> um, and so that's one of the reasons why I love the term E-N-M. So right. when somebody says, you know, what's your jam? What do you do? I say, oh, I'm E-N-M. <laughs> and, and they're like, yeah, who? What? <laughs> <laughs> and so it gives me the opportunity to be able to explain what... The, it's, it's, it's really, it's a, it's a segue. Right. It, it gives me the ability to explain what that means to me. Right. So gives us our own, right, and it gives me the ability to say, you know, I am a swinger, but a swinger label doesn't really apply to me. I am poly, but a poly label doesn't really apply to me. I right. am RA, <laughs> but an RA label doesn't, doesn't really, really apply. apply to me. <laughs> like I can do all these things, and I can say, you know, really, it just is what it is. Right. It just means if you like me and I like you, we can have sex, and if we like each other enough, we can have a relationship, right? And it's, it's okay.
1: Every encounter can be whatever it chooses to be.
0: So, let's start with. ENM. Perfect. What does ENM mean? What is ENM?
1: Ethical non-monogamy. Right. That is the words that go with the letters.
0: Right. And to me, ENM is this huge umbrella right. under which most ethical forms of non-monogamy fit under. Correct. So, swinging most most swinging situations would be ENM. Most poly situations would be E-N-M. Right. Um, th- th- literally, it's endless. Right. It's endless. How many different things? The only thing that doesn't fit under that E-N-M umbrella is certain, certain ways that people engage non- non-monogamously um, that are not necessarily ethical. Things like right. cheating. Cheating. Cheating would not be under E-N-M. It really isn't under consensual non-monogamy either, but it is a form of non-monogamy, right? So, um, and then there's like don't ask, don't tell. That's not. It's kind of on the fringe of non of ethical non-monogamy. Like in some situations, it's consensual, but a lot of times it's not consensual, and you don't really know, right? So, and for me, that's a red flag, right? Mm. Right? For a lot of people, it is. So, but but ENM to me. When I talk to people about ENM, what I say the easiest way to describe it to people is: you have this spectrum, and on one end of the spectrum, on one extreme of the spectrum, you have what I call swingers, where it's all about the fun and the friction, right? And there is no emotional attachment whatsoever, right? Um, and that's important because we're talking about the end of the spectrum, right? Right? Okay?
1: It's it is the extreme,
0: right? Um, And because we know swingers who emotions are absolutely 100% off the table. They cannot be connected to you. I I know people that will only have sex with strangers. Right. (coughs) Not COVID. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And then on the other end of the spectrum, there are people who identify as polyamorous where it's all about the emotional attachment. Right. And may not. Sex sex may,
1: may not be on the table. Right.
0: May not even be a part of the relationship. Very, very few people reside on either end of that spectrum. Right. I mean, there are some. Sure. But very, very few people do. Right. Most people are scattered in between. Right. Like... Some people, like, they may be polyamorous, but eh, you know what? They're okay with going to a poly house party where they might have casual sex with some of their metas or something like that. Right. They don't want to call that swinging because swinging is an ugly word.
1: Right. Which I understand why they consider it an ugly word, but. House parties, a house party. A house party. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're not judging you. It's no, okay. it's yeah. House <laughs> parties are fun. <laughs> I meant the I meant the poly people out there that are just all of a sudden went. Wait, no, no. You know, <laughs> uh, same thing with swingers on the swinging end of the spectrum. We know swingers who are like, um, we only want to connect with that one couple, and we want to do things outside of the bedroom. And they go to barbecues together. They go to the beach together. They do. All these things together,
1: right, but don't say there's any love going on, or do not call it poly. <laughs> they
0: may not use the word, but it exists exactly right exactly so so these are again where labels don't actually fit right, so e n m is the best thing that they could is is an is an option for right. them um it's because a it's an it
1: allows for whatever fits underneath of that umbrella
0: right. Right, Um, but I want to talk about polyamory, so with a little bit of swinging involved. So when you and I first started Mm -hmm. into this, um, we really struggled with with what to call ourselves. Right, because I didn't like the term swimmer swinger.
1: Right, it it for us, it conjured up the '70s key party where there was no. Real consent, right? And, and it was, it always seemed slightly slimy and underground, Un- unsavory. Yeah,
0: unsavory is a word I like to use. And so I really, really struggled with that. And I have encountered other people who really, really struggle with that, right? Unfortunately, I've also encountered people who struggle with the word swinging who have decided that they like the word polyamory instead. Yeah, yeah, and where that creates a problem. Is when because poly words are important. Right. You know, language is important and Very. words have meaning. Exactly. And so when you say, I like polyamory because it's a prettier word, mm-hmm. but it doesn't actually apply to you. Right. <laughs> you move around in the ENM circles and you're telling people that you're polyamorous, and then you start connecting with people who actually are polyamorous. <laughs> And then there's this imbalance of expectations. Right.
1: Because they, they're expecting, the polyamorous person is expecting you to give them emotion.
0: To, be open to, to be open to and, loving relationships. Right. But if you're not into that and you're just using the word.
1: Because it's pretty. <laughs>
0: it creates problems. Right. So I, I understand that. Um, but it's really, really important that we understand the words that we're using. We understand the words that we're identifying with right? and try and use the right words that adequately describe what it is you are and and what it is that you're looking for. So that's really super important. So what words would you come up with? What terms could you come up with? Um, that you could suggest to swingers that they could identify as rather than using the word polyamorous?
1: Oh, well, I mean, obviously they could use the word swinger Um, or they could be like friends with benefits, mm -hmm. which honestly for most of the swingers that I know, that more accurately describes what they are because they are looking for people who are their friends Mm -hmm. that they also have sex with.
0: Right. You you mentioned, I want to kind of roll back there to where you talk about using the word swinger. Interestingly, it seems like the younger generation is reclaiming that word. For sure. Um, Like I've I've met uh, quite a few people that are in their, you know, mid to late 20s, Right. Early thirties that are that are young enough that they don't have those images of those seventies key parties and the right. and the the coercion that was involved in some of those situations, right. the unsavory atmosphere right. that went into the, the that. lack
1: of consent on who you were going to get to have
0: sex with. Exactly, <laughs> like they're they're young enough that they don't have any of those visuals, they don't right. have any of those uh, stigma. Right, so they're reclaiming the word because of the sexual freedom
1: that it brings, that it,
0: that it gives them, which is super cool. Right. Um And I'm all for that. I, I love the idea of reclaiming the word and turning it into something positive instead of unsavory. Unfortunately for, for our generation, it may be too late for that. So <laughs> you young people go for it. Right. <laughs> oh God, did I just say you young people?
1: <laughs> you did. <laughs> Don't say that anymore.
0: <laughs> um, So and then and then friends with benefits can kind of it's another one that kind of has dual kind of almost a dual stigma to it, because for some people, friends with benefits is very much a disconnected kind of a friendship, like you're only friends to get those benefits. Right. So you may not necessarily have that. um, You may not necessarily have that friendship connection yeah. that is kind of pulled to the surface. Right. You know what I mean? Um, one of the words that I really love, and this is one that I use for some of my less, um, my, my more comet-type relationships mm-hmm. where, that, are, that are a little further out from the center, um, I like to call them casual relationships. Right. So it's not casual sex because these people are very dear to me and they're very connected to me, but they're not in the center of my universe. They're kind of more outliers, if right. that makes sense.
1: Yeah. So, and they're, they're, I mean, they're important. They're, you know, every uh, planet needs a moon and um, you have lots of little moons that go around. So, mm-hmm. and they're necessary and they're um, keep everything in balance and everything, but they're not... Um,
0: it's not like my relationships with you and Christina, right? Where they're like central to my everyday, everyday life existence, yeah. exactly. But that doesn't mean that they're not important, exactly. Um, and that would be casual relationships, wouldn't? I mean, that wouldn't be a way that I identify myself, right? It would be these. It would how I identify the relationships that I have, right? Um, another interesting word that I heard was swally. <laughs>
1: <laughs> which I had never heard before then. <laughs>
0: I kind of like it. I,
1: I'm not sure how I feel about it. It sounds weird. It sounds
0: swally. It sounds mm, dirty.
1: kind of does. Maybe that's why I don't <laughs> like it. Like, uh.
0: Swally, um, it's actually an urban dictionary. I saw um, that. Urban dictionary says it's a cross between or continuum between swingers and polyamorous relationships. And And I actually really, really like that term.
1: Yeah. I mean as far as what it means, I I've
0: definitely I think I could almost get with that term. Like <laughs> like almost that almost describes me. Right. If it if it wasn't also kind of limiting. Right. Which I, I kind of resist. So I I'm joining <laughs> the anti label crowd in that way. But I do actually really love that someone has coined a term that is um a little easier on the ego than swinger. Right. Um, is a little bit more descriptive of the kind of the ways that you engage in, with people, right? Um, I think swally and casual relationships kind of
1: slightly interchangeable, kind of not,
0: not not necessarily interchangeable because one describes the relationships, the other describes the person. Okay, but I think that they kind of
1: like are together, yeah. Sister statements,
0: yeah, yeah, and <laughs> uh, I mean, obviously, they're. They don't sound anything alike, but you know <laughs> what I mean. But they—they're um, kind they of in represent. the same flavor. They're kind of in the same flavor, right? Right. And when somebody tells me that they're swally, the image that I pull up is that they're right in the middle, right? Like they're in that spectrum that I was talking about. They're somewhere <laughs> in the center thirty percent, right? So they're, you know, they're not poly enough to be poly. Right. But they really aren't casual enough to be swingers either. <laughs> and so they're kind of like me. They're just floating out there in the ether without actually a boat to get into that says, you know, you belong here. And uh so that's that's one that I that I actually like. Yeah. So I I can see why you like (laughs) let's um actually before we go on, let's take a break here. Did you have something? Nope, it's break time. Okay, and then and then we will come back right after this.
1: Perfect. Aw, damn it. What's wrong? It just caught a 30-day ban on Facebook for a photo I posted a couple of weeks ago. Wasn't even that sexy.
0: Why aren't you using SAF Social? You know they allow all kinds of content there.
1: I know, I know. I just forget
0: sometimes. You really should join the Frisky Friends group on SAF. We have frequent photo challenges and encourage our members to get involved. I'm sure they would love to see your sexy photos there. The sexier, the better. And you won't be compromising your Facebook account.
1: I know. You're right. And it looks like I won't be doing anything on Facebook for the next month anyways. Would you tell all my friends to go find me on safsocial.com? Tell them I'm going to post some extra sexy pictures to entice them even more.
0: Hmm, you bet. Maybe that'll get them to join and save them from getting zucked, too. (laughs) Okay, and we're back. All right. So before we go resume our conversation about (laughs) labels, one of the things that I want to do here is um, I want to reach out to our listeners. And say, you know, if there's a topic you would like for us to talk about, um, we would love to have you write the show and say, hey, why don't you guys talk about jealousy? Why don't you guys talk about threesomes? Why don't you guys talk about moresomes? You know, <laughs> like if there's some, if there's a thing, like, you know, how how do you negotiate being a bisexual man in the lifestyle? I would have no idea because I'm not bisexual, but, um, but we know people who are. Right. And, um, it we just, get
1: people more knowledgeable on the topic yeah, to come talk. Yeah,
0: um, would love to you know talk about the topics you would like to hear us talk about. Right. So um, if you have a topic, we would love to have you write in and let us know. Absolutely, um, you can leave a comment on you know any of the places where the podcast shows up that allow you to leave comments, and some of them don't. Um, but you can also call us. Uh, Ellie tells us the... The uh, phone, phone number. number at the I don't end. have that committed to memory. <laughs> me either. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you can also just email them at enmmagazine at gmail dot com. You can you you send an email to that email address. You get me. <laughs> um, I would love to add your topics to the list of things that we will talk about. And if you have a label, like, like, I don't know what the, I didn't know what this label means, or I don't know what this label means. Can you explain it to me? You know, right. can you, can you talk about it? Like we, in the old podcast, we used to have a, we used to have a little segment that we used to do.
1: Yep. It was like a dictionary thing. I don't remember thing. what the hell we called it. I don't remember what we called it either, but it was like, we'd read a word and then the definition and kind of talk, talk a little bit about, little little about, about it. what <laughs> it
0: was about. Yeah. It's kind of a cool thing. We'll bring that back. So, um, anyway so we'll we'll do that in and also of course if you would like to be on the podcast we would love to talk to you oh yes uh, if you go to enmmagazine.com, go to the reader uh, participation area there is a tab there for the enm talk podcast with an application on how you can get on the show and we would love to talk to you we would Absolutely. love to interview you and uh, get get your story right so with complete anonymity and all that super cool exactly so um We're going to go through a couple of labels here in a minute, but one of the things that I think is really important, and this kind of helps um, take away any ambiguity or misunderstandings when you're talking about labels. So when somebody comes up to me and says, uh, I'm Polly, you know, it's like Mm -hmm. you automatically, like we talked about before, you automatically draw some assumptions based on what that means to you. Right. And sometimes those assumptions can get you into trouble. Right. So really, it's a good idea when somebody says, "I'll use a different example." Like when somebody's like, oh, "I'm kinky. I love, I love BDSM." And I, you know, I, I look at them and I'm like, "Well, what does that look like for you?" Right. Like because it's a very, very, very broad spectrum. Exactly. And um, and if you go into something with someone thinking that it's one thing and it's not it's another (laughs) it can create a lot of complication it can be a
1: little awkward some places things are good surprises getting your ass smacked in the middle of an orgasm not one of them (laughs) at least not for me (laughs) ellie knows this from experience
0: instant boner killer for her (laughs) yeah uh, Although
1: I've relaxed in that a bit, but yeah, it's it's not my thing.
0: So it's just generally a good idea to <laughs> add this to your vocabulary. What does that look like for you? Right. You know, I'm Polly. What does that look like for you? <laughs> and then you can say, oh, thank you for asking. I like this and this and this. And these are the kind of relationships that I like to have. And like, it just opens the doorway of communication, which really is the foundation block that ENM of all of this this is built (laughs) on. Like if you, it's really important to have good communication, which is why labels are important because you can't communicate without descriptors of talking about what you are. Right. So let's talk about some often misunderstood labels. I'm going to ask you, Mm -hmm. I'm going to ask you Mm -hmm. if you know what they mean and then I'm gonna and then I'm going to so I'm gonna kinda quiz you. <laughs> okay. You should know what all these mean.
1: I did And uh, I even did my homework for the one I didn't <laughs> know or wasn't sure about. You
0: knew I was gonna put you on the spot.
1: No, I wanted to be able to talk like I knew something. <laughs> you
0: know a lot. You are really smart. You, you, you don't talk enough because I talk too much. Uh, so this is your this is your opportunity to shine. All right. Are you ready?
1: Throw it at me.
0: Nesting partner.
1: A nesting partner is generally well not generally. A nesting partner is a person you live with. A
0: partner you live a with. A
1: part. A partner you live with. Yes. I don't agree with that, actually, because we were actually just talking about this earlier today. Yeah. And a, you could be, your nesting partner could be someone that you don't have sex with.
0: Uh, I, but, okay, so partner, okay, so let's talk about what partner means. What is a partner? Is a partner just someone that you're having sex with? Usually, what if you're poly, I mean, what if you're poly and your and sex is it, not a part of your relationship?
1: Um, then it would look different for them.
0: <laughs> I was gonna say I don't have any relationships that I don't have sex. sex is, See sex is how these labels get us into trouble. <laughs> sex is very important to me. I don't think I would want so you, to have a relationship. So with you're no sex. You, so this is what happens. Okay, so this is a great example of what happens is you are relating to a term based on your own experience. Yes, and so to me this isn't my experience this is like in general my observations mm-hmm. a partner is someone that you are either sexually or romantically involved with okay okay so under that definition a nesting partner would be somebody that you are in a relationship with of some kind yes whether it's whether it's re- sexual or whether it's romantic yes okay yes <laughs> otherwise you are absolutely correct you get a gold star <laughs> <laughs> a nesting partner, and so, there, so there, are two, there are two kinds of nesting partners, typically. I'm sure there are many more. Please write me and tell me how I'm wrong. Um, but there are two nesting partners in my experience. Mm-hmm. Um, there are nesting partners like you and Christina would both be considered my nesting partners because I live with you, mm-hmm. okay? Sometimes nesting partner refers to a partner that you live with that that is your relationship with them. You simply just live with them. Right. Um, These are oftentimes like um, aged relationships, relationships that have gone through the whole process of romanticism, sexual, and then have maybe evolved out of that. Or whatever reason that they're no longer like sexually involved, maybe the romantically involved is less of a factor but they're living together um, more out of convenience and um, longevity than out of any romantic or sexuality uh, right. notions um, so so you have to so that's a that's a good that is a good um, term that when somebody says this person is my nesting partner if it really matters to you you can say what does that mean to you right? You know, because um, it it, it, it couldn't make a difference. Like, if you're assuming that this person, when they say nesting partner, means that they don't actually have a romantic or, you know, uh, sexual relationship with that person when they actually do. Right,
1: it could be a surprise. It, it could be an <laughs> uncomfortable
0: surprise. Ready? Right. Let's go to the next one.
1: Okay.
0: You should get this one easy.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: what is a primary partner? A
1: primary partner is... Usually the person, a primary person or primary partner is the person that you are most connected to, I guess. A
0: primary, yeah. I yeah. mean, that
1: would be, again, it would be probably reflecting off of my own life experiences. But You I might be overthinking this one a little but bit. But also I don't, <laughs> maybe. But I also know that for some people... A primary partner is not necessarily their nesting partner.
0: Correct. That would be correct. So your primary partner is the person, it it usually, so primary partner is a term that goes along with hierarchical relationships. Okay. Mm -hmm. So um, a person that would be considered your primary partner is someone that you confer with for a lot of your um, decision making for um, you know maybe maybe financial decision making it may be relationship decision making um, in some situations that person would have a say in some of your connections and 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 how you conduct yourself in in the lifestyle okay. um, primary partner but you but you are correct in that primary partner in its simplest form is someone who is kind of your main squeeze right. Um, Typically, by default, the person that you're married to would be your primary partner, but not always. Right. Um, I do know of some couples that are—they're kind of have moved on into that nesting partner stage, the one I described, where they're right. not really as connected. Right. And they have moved on and have established primary relationships with other people, people that they may not necessarily live with. Right um one of my former partners was had a primary relationship with somebody that she didn't live with and literally before she could date she had to check in with him before she you know she had she had to check in with him when she got home right and it was just really foreign to me but that was how the 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 uh, agreements that they had in their relationship were established right and that's really maybe one way one factor of how to determine if that person is a primary partner to you because you would have those kind of agreements in place. Right. You know what I mean? You wouldn't yes. necessarily have that with a secondary partner. Right. Which <laughs> is the next term. And, and so, um, I mean, secondary partner can mean a multitude of things. Right. It could, be, um, it could be some people would say that you can only have one primary partner. Right, and so you know, in that particular case, Christina might be a secondary partner. If, if where
1: that was the label that we adhere to, yes, right,
0: where um, where my other partners are also secondary partners, ones I don't live with. Right, so um, that's not how we do it. I to me, she's a primary partner, the same way that you're a primary partner. Right, um, but but. When people refer to secondary partners, that's what they... Usually it means somewhere there's a primary partner. Right. So, um and there again is also a, a hierarchical term. Kitchen table poly. Um, this is a tricky one.
1: It is a little bit tricky. Mm-hmm. So, kitchen table poly is where everybody comes together A. Basically around the table, like everyone gets along with everyone else. All partners know each other and um, generally all get along.
0: Right. Not necessarily that they do get together at the kitchen table, but they could. Right. And oftentimes do. Right. Um, It's also a label. This is another one where what does that look like to you Right, is important because for some people, when they say they're kitchen table poly, it's almost like an orientation. Right. Like in order for you to date me, you have to also be kitchen table poly. Right. Um, or
1: at the very least, like all of the other people at the table in
0: mine. And sometimes what that means is before I can date you, my polycule has that's to approve of you. <laughs> yeah, they have to be okay with you coming to the kitchen table also. Which for me is kind of icky. Right. But um but but there's but no judgment. I mean, there are things some that works for some people right. and that's that is the kind of poly that they want to have. Um it doesn't even necessarily have to be poly. Kitchen no. table poly is typically poly. Right. But you could be kitchen table and still be swingers. Sure. Um, you know, it wouldn't be poly at that point. Right. But But
1: it's, it's where everyone has to like the other person who's going to come into the sexual circle.
0: To me, that's getting more into the swally side of the spectrum. That's more into that center. But I know plenty of people that are, that are doing that. Right. It's not COVID. (laughs) So you have to be really careful when you're talking with people about kitchen table poly and make sure that you understand what that means and what that looks like for them. Is a kitchen table poly as in a big happy kumbaya circle? Or is a kitchen table poly like this is an expectation that we will have of you? Right. And that's that's important. Um, what is parallel poly?
1: So this is the one I looked up because <laughs> I was fairly certain I knew what it meant, or at least it's general. I mean, I know what parallel means. Mm-hmm. But basically, it is two relationships that do not intersect. So um, that would be, like, just to take a page out of our own um, thing, it would be like you and I would have a relationship, and you and Christina would have a relationship, but Christina and I would not even necessarily know about each other.
0: Necessarily is important, is an important distinction in that. You've you've pretty much nailed that. Um, Typically with parallel poly— It's again one of those terms where you're like, "What does that look like to you?" Right. Because in some parallel poly situations, um, like let's just say if I were parallel poly, I would prefer that my partners not know each other. Right. It's it's and not interact with one another.
1: Right. It's almost the opposite of kitchen table poly because you don't have where everyone even knows each other necessarily. Now
0: it's unusual for it to be that extreme. Like, most parallel poly people don't go to that extreme on it. Um, But I do know of some people who do. They're like, they don't want their relationships to intermix. They don't want them to cross. Right. Um, Because that does sometimes cause problems.
1: Sure.
0: Um, But most parallel poly people are, most people that are engaged in parallel poly, jeez, I can't even talk today. Most people that engage in parallel poly are more I would prefer this. The more right. people they're like or, or I don't care. Like I don't have to have kitchen table poly. Right. Like you know this partner doesn't like that partner. That's okay. I'm staying out of the middle of it and and we're just going to keep going going forward. Like and that's right. I would actually say, it was kind of funny, because when we were talking about this before the sh- before we started the show, you were like, I don't like this
1: well, I said i feel it feels icky i didn't say mm-hmm. didn't like it it, I, it feels icky it, but it it feels like it, it to me, it almost feels like when I hear what the word means, it feels like cheating to me
0: at the extreme, I can see why. But the way that most people who engage in parallel poly, like the dis- the situation that I had just described, because I've had right. been in this situation where I've had partners who don't necessarily like each other,
1: right? And and you don't and you don't talk about them to each other or anything like that.
0: In general, right? Yeah, they keep the two things, the two worlds, kind of separate separated because it's just better for everyone involved, right? Um, and, and and mainly because it just creates icky feelings for them right and so
1: when they aren't necessary
0: they know of each other they know that I'm dating they know that I don't choose sides they know that you know both their place in my life is secure but mostly with parallel poly it kind of also they it's it's parallel poly is kind of a global term Mm -hmm. that um, is that describes relationship anarchy like relationship anarchy is a deeper form of parallel poly. I see. So that's why I say, you know, relation parallel poly is actually probably a pretty close description of how I do poly in that my partners mm-hmm. don't necessarily have to get along. They don't have to like each other. Um, I prefer when we're all in the same space together that they're at least respectful to one another and don't put me in an icky position. Right. Um, but I wouldn't necessarily say that I require, I, I prefer kitchen table poly, but I don't require it. Right. So, um, and that kind of, and and in that way, some of my relationships are parallel poly and some of them are kitchen table poly. Right. I think I'm in a place right now where all of my partners like each other and generally (laughs) get along. Right. And we could all sit down at the table and play a game or have dinner together or something like that. Yes. Um, You know, uh,
1: and even right now, like my one extra partner that I have right now that and he's my bro <laughs> that we've kept through COVID. Most, <laughs> most everything else has been shut down, but you know, but yeah, he's our he's definitely part of the family, even though he doesn't live with
0: us. Yeah, because any time I need to use his truck, I'm just like, "Hey, man,"
1: <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "All right,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I need your truck and I need your back because I can't lift this by myself." Right. So and and he has a
1: great house, so he lets us take photos there. It, he's awesome. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, um, that's actually all we have time for today. All right. So yeah, <laughs> did you have another one? No. Oh, okay. I just feel you like seem disappointed.
1: <laughs> I feel like the time went quickly
0: tonight. <laughs> it did, but believe it or not, we're right there. We are. Yeah. So. All right. Well. I know. Kind of anticlimactic, <laughs> huh? <laughs> Uh, I
1: guess that means that it's time for more love from the loves. Mwah. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the EM Talk podcast show with Michael and Ellie. If you've enjoyed this episode, please be sure to rate and comment on our show in whatever platform you're using. You can leave us a voice message by visiting our podcast at anchor.fm forward slash e talk Podcasts, or by calling us at 360-524-3523 until next time we hope your adventures always have happy endings <laughs>